have the systems in place with them for, you know, can we use a service that's automatically going to give them my bank statements so that I'm not having to print out a bank state statement every month for all these different accounts and send it over to them? Can we have a service that will automatically fetch that? You know, there are a lot of tools out there that do those kinds of things. So thinking through, you know, where's my touch time with some of these annoying administrative tasks and are there tools that we can use to take that off my plate? Or, you know, could I... What a year 2020 was. 2021 is here and I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at Dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract we're going to be closing on soon. For those that have joined us on that deal, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the Dwelling Deal List, an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals quickly, but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year. So if you are not on the Dwelling Deal List, click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com. Um, that's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N-N.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got Catherine Tindall with us today. Hey, Catherine, how you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. I cannot wait to jump in um, into our conversation today. Um, so yeah, maybe let's do that. So maybe tell folks, you know, who you are, what you've been doing and kind of what you've been doing lately. Yeah. So um, my name's Catherine. I'm a CPA. So I have a specialty tax advisory practice where uh, we work with clients on a proactive basis to do tax planning work for them. And our clients include real estate investors um, and closely held businesses. So it's always fun for me to get to talk tax with, with other people in the real estate space. Yeah. I mean, taxes, I mean, that's one of two things that is guaranteed in this world, <laughs> taxes and debt. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and we try to avoid both. Right. So yeah, it's, um, it's yeah, no well, small... we don't want death by taxes. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a combination. Um, so yeah, let's let's kind of talk a little bit more about just um, what that means, right? Because of course, um, I'm a big believer in it's not how much money you make, it's how much of it that you keep, right? Of what you make. Exactly. Um, so that's obviously you know kind of the wealth um, building hack that most people don't really think about. Um, mm. so just kind of give us a little bit of a, a range of things that you do for clients to help them reduce um, their taxes. So just kind of give us a, um, kind of A to Z of, of what, you know, different strategies. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, you know, the place that I think most people really need to start with is looking at how they earn their income. Right. So a lot of people get in the trap of the W-2 employee earning really for that kind of income. There's not really much that we can do with the tax code to try to reduce how much you pay in tax because that W-2 income that you get as an employee goes through the ordinary tax rates. And unlike with a business owner or real estate investor where you can get deductions um, or you can get preferential rates depending on how you structure things that, you know, you, you can lose 
over 50% of your, your income to tax easily if you're a high earner between federal and state taxes. And there's really just not much you can do about it because that's the way that you earn your income. It's the way the code's written. So I think for a lot of people where they, they get more into this wealth building mindset, really looking at how you earn your income and knowing the tax impact on that so that you're always really considering what's the net when you're making different moves is really helpful. And so a lot of the work that I do with clients specifically is helping them to understand the full tax impact of different moves that they're going to make and different ways that they're going to earn income so that they can know the full ramification of those decisions. Because it's kind of a trite saying, and, and it, ha it people say this a lot in the tax world that we don't let the tax tail wag the business dog. You know, if something's a good move, it's a good move. But, you know, if you're considering two investments, you're considering two different activities to do, and one's going to be at an ordinary income tax rate, and the other one's going to be at a preferential, like long-term capital gain rate. And you say you save like a 20% differential on those tax rates, that's going to impact your decision, right? How you're going to do things. And so a lot of the work that I do with clients is giving them the full like spectrum of information that they need so that they can make the decisions, how it's going to best build their wealth and also just support their goals in their life. Because for some people, like you're a syndicator, they want to be passive in their investments and they don't want to have a lot of touch time and they don't want to be hands-on. And so I'm not going to recommend to them that they try to go for the real estate professional tax status that requires a lot of hands-on activity in order to qualify for that. So it really, it's a, it's a, a balance holistically between what's going to really support what you want for your life and just make it the most tax optimized while you're doing it. Fascinating. You said, you said so many things there. Um, I really like the ordinary income and yeah. So, okay. The other thing I want to talk about is a lot has happened this couple of years, right? <laughs> Unless anybody has been under the rock, right? <laughs> With the pandemic. So what do we expect that is coming down the pipeline in terms of just tax changes? <laughs> of course, the previous administration, and then we have the new administration. So maybe kind of walk us through just from a, from a you know, tax perspective, what is coming down the pike? So there's a lot of provisions that are up for change. I think the biggest ones that a lot of real estate involved people are concerned about is the increase in the capital gains rate. Now I'm hesitant to give the, the um, projected figures because uh, the legislation is not set by any means. And we've been getting constant changes with the emphases of what Congress is going to do with it. But I think the thing to keep in mind is that post, you know, previous tax reform under Trump, where there were a lot of reductions in, in tax rates, you know, like for corporations, the corporate rate went down, different bracketed rates went down. Um, we got a nice new deduction with the qualified business income deduction that was helpful as well. And so I think for people to be in the mindset of right now, we're kind of in a taxes or on discount kind of men mentality and expecting that some of these rates, like the capital gains rates, ordinary income tax rates and some of these other benefits that were that have been around are very likely going to be phasing out you know if not this year in the next couple of years because just the general drive of increasing government spending and then having to balance that spending out with collecting tax on the other end um, 
Congress is going to tend to go after people who are going to be in the higher earning brackets. And so that affects a lot of people in real estate because that's, that's kind of that space. Fascinating. Um, so for, for someone like me, there's so many moving parts in our business. Um, so many transactions actually sometimes as well. And I've always been trying to figure out like how to automate things in our business. So, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on how to kind of, you know, automate the, the, the tax process or kind of, you know, the, like your accounting process, but in a very strategic way. Mm, yeah. So I think for within my own business, the main mentality that I have is, you know, there's three, three things for anything administrative. It's, can we eliminate it? Can we automate it or can we delegate it? And I think for a lot of people who are really serious into real estate, what's going to better serve you than to try to uh, automate on your own end, just like trying to do your own books is to delegate it to somebody who does it professionally. And there are a lot of really great modern bookkeeping firms out there that are able to take the information that you have and use tools like QuickBooks Online or Zero or other automated oriented bookkeeping software where they can link bank feeds and, and collect the information kind of behind the scenes with a hands-off approach. And that's a really good option for a lot of people who are in real estate, because especially where you have to have uh, very particular reporting for how you're keeping your records, for how it's going to flow onto your tax return, especially if you, you are privately owning a lot of different pieces of of real estate and you have some that are commercial, some that are residential, uh, multi-state activity, a lot of those things, it requires really kind of intensive record keeping. And so being able to hand that off to someone else who specializes in that is gonna be a better option for you. And then also setting up the systems in place with them for, you know, can we use a service that's automatically gonna give them my bank statements so that I'm not having to print out a bank state statement every month for all these different accounts and send it over to them. Can we have a service that will automatically fetch that? You know, there are a lot of tools out there that do those kinds of things. So thinking through, you know, where's my touch time with some of these annoying administrative tasks and are there tools that we can use to take that off my plate? Or, you know, could I use, a, you know, use something like a virtual assistant and train them for how to do some of these annoying administrative tasks so that they can collaborate with my bookkeeper for me, or that they can collaborate with my accountant for me. And so we have kind of a system in place for how that information is dealt with. I'm curious, you mentioned some modern bookkeeping firms. Um, can you name a few or, or which one do you think is your favorite? I'm just kind of curious. Well, um, it depends depends on kind of the level of value that you have. A common one that people use and have liked and I've used with clients too is called Bench. Um, they're based out of Canada. Um, but there are a couple of others. I would say more often than not, you can find who's going to be synced up. You know, it's good to have people that might be in your same general area. If, you know, if you're kind of more old school and you, you want more of that uh, personal connection, or if you're you're, you know, interested in doing a completely remote kind of operation from that standpoint. Uh, there's a couple of different companies that, you know, can be a good fit depending on the level of activity that you have. And, um, you know, a lot of other CPA firms too do offer those kinds of bookkeeping plus the tax arrangements. So it, it's good to explore all your options. And I think it's one of those, um, 
one of those things where it's worth the time to think through how you're going to deal with the problem and just kind of solve it once, once and for all with, um, you know, thinking through the, the annoying things like getting those bank statements printed out and, um, you know, how you're communicating with them and, and setting up, setting up a system for dealing with it so that it just doesn't become a, a major time suck every month dealing with that part of your business. So someone who is not too familiar with taxes or tax reduction strategies um, or tax planning, um, we've said a lot today, um, you know, just kind of maybe we summarize a little bit, like what are the actual benefits? Like if somebody's in their car, the gym, I'm going, wait a second, like why, why do I need a, a tax planner in mm. my life right now? Yeah. So I think for most people, they're pretty well aware that they have a filing obligation, right? That you have to take what happened during the year, turn it into a tax return and kind of square up with the IRS and your state government for how much you owe in tax. And I think for most people, that's kind of where they think the relationship with their tax professional starts and ends. And what you really miss out on is there's a lot of things that you can do to try to reduce how much you legally owe in taxes through things like entity planning, um, really looking at how you're deducting things, how you're structured, what you're doing for retirement planning. And then when you have exits out of deals, like, can we do things like a 1031 exchange? Does it make sense to try to capital? Are there ways that we can exclude gains? I think a lot of people, they don't really think that they tax planning until they hit an event where they have a, a big tax bill. Like I had a, a prospect a couple of weeks ago who came to me who he wasn't working with a tax professional at the time, but he knew that he wanted to do a 1031 exchange on this property that he had bought. And so he worked with an intermediary, had everything pretty much set up, was going to do it, but then he couldn't find a replacement property in time, which is one of the requirements of a 1031. You have certain time windows. So he couldn't find a replacement property in time. And he told me, he was, I'm really picky about my deals. I'm really picky about, um, you know, what property you wanted. And I just couldn't find anything that I quite liked. And so then he was coming to say, okay, so what's, what's the out? Um, and he was, he was a newer investor. And so, uh, I told him, you know, you're looking at it over a thousand dollars in, in tax. And just from that one portion of the, of what was going on with his income. And, and I told him if we had executed the 1031, you would have deferred this whole thing. Very interesting. So I've got one, one last kind of, um, question, and then we kind of go into the, the quick rounds. Um, so you know, not, not often do we see a ton of um, women CPA and then, you know, um, in the industry just generally. So how has that journey kind of been for you, you know, uh, kind of as a, on that entrepreneur journey as a, as a woman business owner, um, as a CPA, how, how's that, how's that going? How's that been? Oh, it, it's been really great. You know, I think it's funny that I think over, time they're becoming more women professionals three and as i'm bumping into other firm uh but i think there's a um there's a nice thing about being able to work with somebody who has similar personality to you or that, that you personal with. and so i found actually been really great because 
it gave people kind of options. So for instance, in my firm, uh, my other partner is named Scar. And, um, you, you know, we're, we have different personalities. So when people come to one of the things for is, are they going to personality fit, professional fit with Skyla? Are they going to be a better fit with me? And so it gives that nice complementarity, having a, uh, a man partner and, you know, a woman partner. It's been nice for this. So um, we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. Okay. You ready, ma'am? You got it. All right. First question. What makes you, Catherine, unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next girl or the next guy? You can also talk about your business too. Yeah, I think the main difference is the our firm is really intentional about leading with a planning engagement with any client because we want to make sure that whatever you have going on, you're already tax optimized. So beyond just filing a tax return, we really try to make sure that we're able to structure the relationship so that it's planning oriented and that also we're a profit center instead of an expense. So we only engage with clients where they're going to get an ROI of working with us, which I think is a big game changer compared to like a typical CPA. Second question, I see you got a bookshelf behind you. What was the last book that you read? And what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Uh, I was in the, I'm actually in the process of reading uh, The One Thing, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed that book. Uh, I think it's the uh, the guy who founded Keller Williams actually wrote it, but Correct. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great book. And I think it's so true, focusing on what your best and highest use is and really shifting your mindset to, you know, where do I in particular add value and spending your time on that is, um, you know, it's just really a game changer for anybody who's entrepreneurial minded because you're so used to wanting to wear every single hat and it's just so inefficient to run a business like that. We become we become the bottleneck when we run a business like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Final question. You're busy running your firm, helping clients um, get tax optimized. What do you do for fun? Oh, well, what do I do for fun these days? <laughs> Sad to say, I don't know if you use the video for these, but I've been catching up on my, my tax planning uh, ideas because, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm always, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I always treat ta like tax planning work is it's kind of like a chess game. And so the more pieces that I can have and the more maneuvers that we can do, it just, it makes it more fun for me. So I'm sorry, yeah, that's it. kind of a sad answer, but I more recently, it. that's what it's been just getting towards the end of the year. It's it's uh, brushing up on my techniques, so. Wow, geeking out tax code, I love it. I love yes. it. If there's, <laughs> if there's someone thinking, wow, I really like Catherine, want to get connected with her, what's the best place people can reach out, get to know you more? Yeah, so um, I'm sure this will be in the show notes, but I love to connect with people over LinkedIn because I get my best news and updates through LinkedIn and different connections. I like to see what people have going on, what's going on in the different markets. So LinkedIn is a great way for us to get connected. And then if you're interested more about our firm and what we do and our process with clients, um, you can visit our website. It's, uh, I'm sure this will be in the show notes, but dominiones.com. And we have a, a little application process to, to do a free assessment. And um, that's usually how we get connected with, with people who are interested in working with us. Awesome. Love that name, Dominion. Love it. Catherine, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to be on the show. I really appreciate it. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.